This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek. The holidays are upon us. It's a mixed bag of emotions around this time of year. For some people, it's happy and joyful. For others, it's stressful, maybe sad or chaotic, or maybe it's all of the above for you. But when it comes to health this time of year, I don't think I have to tell you that weight gain is a commonly talked about topic. There absolutely is no shortage of companies or people telling you about their widget or their potion that will help you cut holiday weight or become a new year, new you person. I actually try to avoid social media during like pretty much starting this time of year and during the whole new year's holiday because from a clinical nutritionist perspective, it just makes me sad. It makes me sad that companies are preying on people's guilt and shame around their food choices and their body size. I mean, I could go on and on, but holidays are a time to be around family and enjoy your surroundings, and there's no need for companies to tell you that you shouldn't enjoy what you're doing or who you're, who, who you're with or what you're eating. So anyways... What I want to focus on talking about today is holiday eating, but it may not be what you've heard before when it comes to healthy eating tips around the holidays. And that's because I'm simply not like other nutritionists. I don't focus on calorie counting. I focus on the habits, the behaviors, and the cause and effect relationship in terms of how your body processes the foods you decide to have. I focus on what you can add in versus what you should be restricting And I believe everyone is a unique puzzle to figure out when it comes to what foods do best for them. So how does that translate into the holidays? I want to go over five-ish, I think there's five tips when it comes to holiday eating to help you feel great and not bloated and sluggish. These are tips that I've kind of pulled together over the years. Some are based off of research and polls taken uh, specifically around Americans. And others are just from my own brain based on body physiology. None of these half-assed, make sure you drink full glass of water before Thanksgiving dinner so you don't eat as much nonsense. None of that. Or the whole, the one that I just saw was bring a dessert you don't like so you don't eat any of it. Like, how ridiculous is that? Who's going to bring a dessert that they don't like to a holiday function just for the sole purpose of making sure they don't eat any of it. It's just, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. Anyways, I see some of these and I just feel sad for whoever posted them because they clearly have some disordered eating tendencies or at minimum a horrible relationship with food. And it's like, for you reading it, it's like getting marriage advice from someone who's divorced. But anyways, are we ready? Let's do this. Tip number one. I saw a poll conducted by SWNS Media Group, which... I'm going to be honest, I don't know who this group is, but they label themselves as a media group that is lead, is the leading news provider to national newspapers. Are they credible? Who knows? But their poll they took, as you'll hear in a second, it's meant to be more lighthearted, so not my usual heavily validated source. 
So keep that in mind. But the poll they conducted determined that 48% of Americans admit to eating so much during the holidays that they have to unbutton their pants. Now, personally, I think this poll is a little misguided because those of us who know how to Thanksgiving right, we know to wear stretchy pants. But anyways, let's talk about this just for a second here. When, when we eat so much that our clothes are tight, it can not only just mean we've overconsumed food and it's physically taking up space in our stomach, which is now kind of extended, but it also can indicate that there's gas or bloating. Now, gas or bloating can be the result of a number of things. The two things that I think of when I see when I saw this stat, number one, the type of food does not agree with that person. So if it's full of additives or preservatives or artificial ingredients, that can cause the digestive system, more specifically the little gut bugs in your, in your intestines, to ferment the food in places of the digestive tract where it shouldn't be fermenting, which produces gas. Also, if you don't have a gallbladder or if you have issues with digestive enzymes that you naturally have in your body and you can't physically break down the fats or the proteins in your foods, that keeps the food sitting in your system longer and it can feel really heavy. It doesn't process and move through at a normal speed. The second thing I think of when I see this is how fast did you just eat? Did you inhale the food without properly chewing it which makes it harder for your body to break down, but it actually adds air into the mix and can cause you to feel bloated. You may find that you belch or burp or fart more when you eat too fast. That air is in there and it has to come out one way or another, and it can obviously feel very uncomfortable kind of before it passes through. So the tip for this is slow down your eating during the holidays. It's hard, I know, when conversations are happening or you're in good mood or maybe you're in a bad mood or if you feel the need to eat quick so that, you know, Cousin Linda doesn't get that last crescent roll. I get it. But take a pause, relax, and enjoy the meal slowly. It can really help with your digestive system and how you feel afterwards. All right, tip number two. This came from a survey of 2,000 Americans conducted by Fox News in 2019. Again, Not my usual source for evidence-based health research, but you can imagine when trying to find stats on kind of this type of topic, there aren't exactly university-funded sources available because they're silly. They're silly stats. They're meant to be silly. So this survey determined that 47% of those 2,000 Americans surveyed planned to abandon their diets this holiday season. So almost half. And honestly, from my own unofficial research and just talking with people, I would have thought this number were higher. So... Many of us just kind of throw in the towel at this point. I talked to someone on Halloween who said, yeah, I'm just done for the rest of the year. I was like, sir, there are two more months of this year. Anyways, I get it. When schedules start getting busy and the to-do list starts getting longer, we only have the mental capacity for so much before our brains and our nervous systems simply start to shut down. When this happens, we shift our priorities and almost always we put ourselves last. So this means the first few things to get off the list are usually exercise, sleep, and nutrition. Those are usually the first to go when we start getting busy. We put ourselves in a state of survival mode to get the tasks done, despite the fact that the things we need most to survive, like sleep and exercise and nutrition, those are eliminated off the list. Now tell me how that makes sense. 
It doesn't, but many of us do it. So instead of booting it from your daily to-do list, what if you simply reevaluated your expectations during this time or during this week or during that day of the holidays? If you're used to going for a 60-minute walk most days, but then now you're traveling for the holidays and you can only get 10 minutes in, do it. Do the 10 minutes. The expectation may not be at this point to have these huge fitness gains. Maybe the expectation now is more of a, my favorite phrase, a placeholder for your fitness. It's a placeholder. Maintain that concept that you are a runner or a walker or an exerciser or a gym goer. So that when you get back into your normal routine, you don't have to start all over. You simply pick up where you left off. I'm sure I don't have to tell you the benefits of continuing exercise during stressful times. There are many benefits. And that actually blends in nicely to my next tip, which is get out and get moving. Whether that's for a post-dinner walk or simply throwing the ball in the yard for the dog or, or playing with the kids or whatever. Get moving around or after a meal. It helps your body distribute the glucose into your muscles and gets it out of your blood system. Now, why is that important? I'm gonna try not to go too far off on a tangent because I know I've talked about this before, but simply saying it, simply put, the more glucose we have in our blood, the more insulin is released. If we're constantly eating throughout the day and not utilizing or using up that glucose effectively, then we have insulin in our system longer than our body needs, which can cause inflammation. It causes hormone imbalances. It causes insulin resistance, and it can lead to weight gain. Now, to be clear, this is not a burn every calorie you eat to avoid weight gain thing. It's a your body has to distribute the nutrients effectively or it can cause issues with your physiology type of thing. There's a huge difference. All this simply means is just get out for a walk after your dinner. Or if it's too dark to safely move around or or go for a walk at that point in the day, head out for a pre-dinner walk or do some sort of workout in the beginning part of the day. It can help with your your digestive system. It can help your body better break down the foods you're going to be having. And it can help your body better absorb the nutrients that it needs. And it can just make you feel overall better. So get out, get moving around your meals. Tip number four, a typical holiday dinner can carry around 3,000 calories or more. I forgot where I saw this stat. I'm going to be honest. I'll have to look it back up. But it was uh, it was from a, an app or a website. So again, just take it with a grain of salt. It's not, it's not you know, evidence-based necessarily. But it's a, an estimate of around 3,000 calories or more a typical holiday dinner can, can be. Now, I personally don't count calories. I don't have clients count calories. And I don't think you should count calories. What this is demonstrating is that we overindulge at at least one meal, and it's easily done when we're surrounded by holiday foods and family. Again, though, is that a bad thing? Is having one meal with more calories than normal going to give you a chronic disease? Most likely no. You aren't getting heart disease from having turkey stuffing and mashed potatoes one time. One meal isn't going to do as much harm as the diet industry and certain personal trainers are going to tell you that it will. It's one meal. Now you can go down the rabbit hole of yes, but then there's leftovers and then there's this, whatever. It's at most a couple of meals throughout a weekend, you know, so it's put that into perspective in the grand scheme of things. Now, what you can do in order to properly break down and digest that meal 
is make sure that the rest of the day you're adding in some supportive nutrients, right? We're not talking about restricting. We're talking about adding in, add in some supportive nutrients. Specifically, make sure you're getting three to five plus servings of veggies that day. Also, don't skip eating in the beginning of the day to save room for dinner or dessert. I cannot stress this enough. When people tell me this, I'm like, no, that causes you to eat more than normal because you're hungry, which can lead to back to tip number one, gas and bloating and fatigue and inflammation and blood sugar crashes and all sorts of issues. Focus on adding in supportive foods during the beginning part of the day. If you know that you'll be having a heavier dinner, or maybe you're the type that goes to multiple Thanksgiving dinners on one day, <laughs> if you know that that's going to happen, have yourself a balanced smoothie for breakfast that has a bunch of protein and healthy fats and veggies and fruits in there. If you need help with this, I do have that ultimate smoothie guide. I'll link it in the show notes. It's also on my website. It walks you through how to make it balanced so that it's not going to cause a giant blood sugar spike and crash. Um, so have a balanced smoothie in the beginning part of the day. Get yourself some of those nutrients. Have a salad with protein at lunch. Again, get yourself some good amounts of veggies and supportive nutrients. Then have your dinner, right? We're not, we're not trying to save calories. We're trying to get your body in a position where it can break down the foods that you're about to have at dinner time. It allows you to get, again, good quality nutrients versus restricting yourself and setting yourself up for a binge and misery later. Add in. <laughs> That's my tip. Add in foods. Don't restrict. Now, tip number five. If you are traveling for the holidays, focus on getting fiber and water. When people travel, it's super common to experience constipation or some sort of digestive disruption. It can be from stress. It can be from eating foods that you're not normally used to eating. It can be from not getting enough veggies or high fiber foods. And it can be from dehydration. A lot of us don't tend to drink enough water, especially if you're going on an airplane, um, which can all lead to a backed up digestive system. This can then lead you to feel sluggish and bloated and moody and tired. Again, focus on getting three to five plus servings of veggies. Normally I would recommend five to seven plus servings of veggies, but I get it. It can be somewhat challenging when traveling to get vegetables in. So at a minimum, try and at least get three and carry a bottle of water with you to help keep your digestive system running smoothly. So as a recap, slow down your eating to avoid bloating recalibrate your expectations of what your routine will look like. Don't just throw in the towel because you just, you know, white flag, I give up, you know, abandon ship, whatever. Reset your expectations. Are you going to lose a ton of weight because you're exercising 10 minutes a day? No, but your, your goal now is instead of whatever your goals is for your 60 minute workout. Now your goal is it's simply a placeholder. So you don't lose any fitness throughout the holidays. And at minimum, you're getting some stress relief. So that's a huge expectation shift. Um, again, get moving after or before a heavy meal to help redistribute some of the glucose and, and keep your system happy. Focus on getting supportive foods in versus saving room for a heavy dinner and restricting. And if you're traveling, or even if you're not, keep your digestive system running smoothly by getting a minimum of three servings, if not more, of vegetables 
and drink your water. Sounds easy, right? Eat your veggies, stick with movement, and drink your water. Just three simple things. Why though do we still tend to put these off? I asked a few people that and their response was kind of along the lines of, I just forget. <laughs> so, so this year, let's not forget. This year, let's keep it fresh in the mind and at the top of the to-do list. Personally, I use my competitive nature to help keep me in line with my goals when things start getting chaotic. And this is the basis of me creating the Slay the Season Challenge. So starting uh, November 27th and going through the end of the year, it's just four weeks, I'm challenging you and everyone to join the challenge and keep these three easy things at the top of your to-do list. During the four-week challenge, we will be earning points for each veggie serving we have, each water goal we achieve, and each exercise minute we do. We load it into an app, which adds it up and tracks it on a leaderboard, and we keep each other focused because when you know you have to add it to an app, you start to find ways to add more veggies and movement into your day. It's amazing what that, what that does because it, it keeps your focus on that. It takes all of two minutes each day to do this. It, so if you're thinking, oh, it's just one more thing I'm going to have to do, it literally takes like two minutes, maybe not even, maybe one minute. But it can be the difference between feeling sick and tired and run down and bloated versus excited and energetic and healthy and motivated. Like I said, the challenge starts November 27th, which is the Monday after Thanksgiving. So click the link in the show notes to join. It's only $27. It's a minimal investment, but it can have huge benefits in how you're feeling, especially as you end this year and start the next. Get your whole family doing it. Get them all signed up. Have something to talk about at the dinner table. Maybe it'll allow you to bring more veggies in and have that as a, a bigger focus for the meals. I will also be giving out recipes and tips throughout the challenge to help you be successful. And of course, there will be prizes at the end. So I'd love to see you in the challenge and having a great and healthy end of the year. If you have any questions, please reach out. And even if you don't join the challenge, I appreciate you being here and listening. And I hope you have a wonderful and healthy holiday season and a wonderful rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.